Hey y'all, you're listening to Damsels in Detroit, the podcast all about women from the city that are killing it in their industries. I'm your host, Evan Webb. Each week, I invite a damsel to come on and talk with me about their life, careers, and why Detroit girls do it better. Hello, you guys. We're back. I took a little hiatus for a week because my birthday, but <laughs> I had a good time. And like I told you guys, I did drink a lot of wine, but you know, I'm here now. So we are back with Melody Johnson hey. and we're going to be talking all about money and how to get better with it. I feel like it's such a hot button these days to like figure out how to, you know, just get better with our finances and how to invest and how to save. So Melody is going to tell us all about that. But as you guys know, I'm going to read a little bit before we get into our questions. So Melody Johnson is a finance coach that helps women overcome financial setbacks to launch their service-based businesses. In 2018, she was able to pay off $72,500 in debt, which has allowed her to be able to do more of what she loves, such as traveling. Melody's website, herdesignlife.com, provides resources to help build women up to help women build up their confidence around their finances. As a money mentor, certified financial instructor, and inspirational speaker, Melody wants to give you time back in your day and money back in your pocket. Hello. Hey. Wow. <laughs> How are things going? <laughs> it's going great. It's the middle of summer. It's my favorite season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. July is the best month. I'm a little biased. but Yeah. yeah. Same here. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good time. Well, yeah. let's just get right into our questions. Mm-hmm. So my first one for you is... How did you become so financially savvy? Yeah, so that's a really good question. I actually didn't grow up financially savvy. Okay. My parents actually came from a really impoverished background. And I remember growing up, we called it the shack. It was like one bedroom. I actually came from Southern California. Okay. And I remember growing up, our car was broken into several times. The radios were taken out and... You know, eventually my parents got to get better jobs and they moved into a nicer neighborhood. But we didn't really talk about money. You know, it was something that it was kind of quieted down Mm -hmm. where you were kind of ashamed to talk about it. And so when I graduated from college, I was like, oh, crap, (laughs) I got a big bag, all these student loans. And I was really broke. And I went from being a broke theater student to eventually getting into a career where I made, you know, over $70,000. And then I was like, okay, I got to get my finances in order because Mm -hmm. I'm an adult. I got to do this adulting. And so as I kind of learned, I really read a lot of books and I talked with my husband who was way more financially savvy than me. And then I was able to kind of save and stockpile money away. So it was a lot of self-discovery and trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life Mm -hmm. so that I can do the things that I really wanted to, like travel. Yeah. So I was talking to a couple of friends yesterday, actually, and just about how if you grow up in a situation where you're not talking about money or you see your maybe like your parents or family members kind of spending very impulsively do you feel like those habits are passed down to people do you feel like it's kind of like a thing that you would pick up and maybe Mm -hmm. not understand or know that you're doing that yeah it is and I I think it has a lot to do with your mindset Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times if you're thinking about money like it's hey, you know, it's not a big deal. I'm just going to go spend. You're not being intentional with your money. It's not good or bad. It's just the fact that you saw it from your parents. Right. That's That goes with anything, you know, even diet and exercise. If you didn't see your parents eating healthy food, like I grew up eating fast food all the time. And so I didn't really see them eating a lot of healthy food. So mm-hmm. as an adult, I tried to 
actually cook my food, and okay. that was a whole process. <laughs> I'm still learning. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think it has a lot to do with your parents. What are some of the books that you picked up? Because you just mentioned you read a lot of books. So what are some, if off the top of your head, if you mm-hmm. remember, some titles that you feel like people should look into? Yeah, absolutely. And I can give you the links, too. So okay. the first one is uh, Total Money Makeover by James Ramsey. It's a really popular book. But I also really like Your Money or Your Life by mm-hmm. Vicki Robbins. And I really appreciated that book because it came from a female author. Okay. And a lot of times you'll find that a lot of the books out there are made by men authors. And so I really liked having a, a woman author. Mm-hmm. So as I mentioned, when I read your bio, you paid off over $70,000 in debt. So mm-hmm. how did you do that? Because we all have students. I'm not going to say all, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> Most people. <laughs> Most people that went to college did come out with some type of loan. So mm-hmm. what steps did you take to pay that back? Yeah. Yeah, I actually have a great video that's coming out next week, and my podcast is launching next Yay, week as well. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. Um, I'm going to talk more about that in the podcast. But basically, short version you got to write it all down. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, that's the, the first and most scariest step. Write it all down. Get the creditor's name, the balance, the interest rate. You can put it on a piece of paper like I did. Or, you know, I also then created a spreadsheet. And the spreadsheet was just in Google Sheets. It doesn't have to be fancy. Just okay. write it all down. And then you're like, okay, now I have to actually pay this back. How do I do this? Right. So then um, I actually called my creditor and said, hey, you know, can you ungroup these loans? Because oh. I had like a whole bunch of them that were federal student loans okay. are all grouped together. And then once I ungrouped them, then I had kind of a strategy. I could see them individually. Right. And then I was like, okay, now I'm going to create a debt payoff strategy. So I was like, okay, I'm going to pay off number one, the mm-hmm. one with the highest interest rate. Just okay. because at the time I was able to afford that. My husband and I had just gotten married and he was like, girl, you got to pay back this debt. I'm going to help you. Because it's his debt now, too. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. Was like, he was like, I'm afraid to know how much you owe. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. <Yeah. laughs> hey. <laughs> You're broke now. <laughs> so, yeah, so we kind of talked about it and, you know, we kind of made the strategy and that's called the debt avalanche method. It's where you pay the highest interest first. Okay. Um, but the other way, too, which I kind of use like a combination was the debt snowball. So after I paid the highest interest rate balance off, then I I went into the debt snowball, which is just the uh, lowest balance Mm -hmm. onto the highest balance. So I paid more than the minimum on each of them until I paid it off. So it didn't just happen overnight. It was a hard work, blood, sweat, and tears, ramen. (laughs) I feel like I've been doing the snowball method with my... So I have too many credit cards. I'm not going to say how many, but like... Do they all have balances on them? Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, are some of them like, okay, some of the purchases I needed to make and yeah. then other ones, it's like you didn't need to spend that. So mm-hmm. I've been like working on paying the card off that has the lowest balance. Mm-hmm. But I do like what you just said about with the highest interest because I feel like that, mm-hmm. I won't say it matters more, but that I feel like affects it more. Yeah. Good yeah. for you. I Just get that out there and just be like, hey, this is where I'm at. I'm going to be honest with you because yeah. that's the scariest part. People are just like, I don't even want to tell you, Melody. Right. I took out a, you know, cash advance loan mm-hmm. or, you know, I'm getting my paycheck garnished. I'm yeah. like, hey, you know what? You just got to get it out there. Once you do that, you're going to be fine. Yeah. And so once you say, hey, I get where I am at, I'm going to go to the next step. That's great. And then another thing, too, is I would recommend just call your creditor and just be like, look, 
I really want to pay this back, but I'm in a financial difficulty mm-hmm. right now. Is there any way that you can actually cut my interest rate? And for a majority of times, if you made on-time payments, they'll go ahead and work oh, with wow. you. Yeah, so I actually negotiated with one of my clients. She went from a 23% interest rate down to a 9% interest rate. Wow. So people just need to call and okay. say, hey, please, I've been a customer for X many years. This is the situation. I would really appreciate to continue doing work with you to actually lower that interest rate. I have also a YouTube video on how to do this as well. Okay, can you send the link for that? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just feel like creditors are just like sharks. Like, Mm. you know, I've never heard of somebody actually calling them because I assume Mm -hmm. they're just going to be like, oh, you don't have no money. That's too bad. Mm -hmm. Like, they're not going to try to work with you. Yeah, they will. Because a lot of the times, you know, they would prefer you actually give them some money than no money. Okay. And a lot of, you know, what I do too as a finance coach is I actually go on the call with you Mm -hmm. and I do a conference call with the creditor and then we together make a conversation about it because that's that's all it is it's just a conversation it's Mm -hmm. not a hey I'm going to barge in through here and demand all these things it's a relationship and so there's a give and take and I was actually surprised myself when I was doing this with one of my clients and you know I remember my client she was like crying afterwards she was like you saved me thousands of dollars yeah wow (laughs) I was like wow that's so amazing I was so happy for her I'm gonna give that a shot on one of my cars and see what they say do it (laughs) just do it So can you talk about what you had to do to become a certified finance coach? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there's the National Financial Education Council. That's a really long, long name. But Mm -hmm. basically, I just took a course. And then uh, also in my background, I was a loan processor at a really large mortgage company. Okay. Probably know which ones. (laughs) (laughs) And so I I did a lot of conversations and learning about credit Mm -hmm. with that training. And also the additional training that I had, I was able to just increase my knowledge and kind of just talk a little bit more with other people about financial literacy. Okay, cool. So I know you just mentioned that you didn't really have the best relationship with money before going to college, but when you were in college and, you know, you kind of started had to pay for a little bit of stuff on your own, um, what was your mindset like? Like, did it shift at all? Were you still kind of just frivolously spending? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So what was your... (laughs) still to this day is a weakness of mine yes um so just what was your mindset like when you kind of got out on your own and you were making your own money um okay so from college I went from this hey you know I can get a target red card Mm -hmm. it's not a big deal and then after graduating just you know immediately adult life is hard I couldn't find a job I graduated in uh 2011, it was was really difficult at the time for me to find jobs. And so I went uh, kind of just into this panic mode where I was trying to figure out what am I going to do with my money? I I don't have any money. Right. And so uh, kind of just having that conversation with people and especially, you know, with loved ones, my my boyfriend, which is now my husband at the time now, um, he basically just sat down with me, had a heart to heart with me. And he was like, Melody, you're like so smart, but we got to figure out a way for you to pay these bills back and I'm going to help you Mm -hmm. figure this out. He's like, I'm not going to do the work for you. You're going to do it on your own. And so I started thinking about that and my, my mindset kind of shifted into me being a victim, me being feeling like this is too overwhelming. I can't do it to, Hey, I'm strong. I'm empowered. I can do this. I just got to figure out what the next step is. And so that next step was educating myself. 
So part of your mission with your brand is to inspire women to build up their confidence around their finances and their businesses. So you, on your website, I was looking around, you have a lot of different resources. You have like printouts mm -hmm. and videos and your YouTube channel. Um, so can you talk more about why you decided to start your website and your YouTube channel? Yeah, just, you know, I feel like a lot of the times we as women, we are so strong and independent. But when it comes to money, we're still really quiet about it, mm -hmm. you know. And I, I want to empower women to say successful women talk about money and that it's not about, you know, who has more money in the bank. It's about how we empower each other and inspire each other to encourage each other to get more money. Oops. To get more money, to increase your net worth and also to lead a life that you desire. You know, that's why I created Her Design Life, because I want women to create a life that they design, not because they had to do a job or because they had to, you know, live a life that their parents wanted for them. It's something that they charted for themselves and something that they pursued. So as a small business owner, I guess I can call myself that. Yeah. <laughs> um, it takes money to like kind of start yourself off, mm -hmm. but then it also takes money to maintain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what advice would you give to entrepreneurs, ones that have been in the game for a little bit and ones that are just kind of starting off? Like what are some things that we need to keep in mind? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. So actually the first thing for people just starting out and just in general is to keep your account separate. So okay. you wanna actually create a business account. The good thing is it's actually pretty simple to do mm -hmm. and it's not too expensive, especially in Michigan, it's like $50. Okay. So for me, I created an LLC right. and then I, once I got the documents back, I brought those documents over to the bank and I look for a low fee account okay. with a credit union. Okay. And that's work, that worked for me. So keeping those accounts separate. And then also, you know, cr creating a clear invoicing process is really important. Mm -hmm. Just in general, having a clear onboarding structure. So how are you going to get paid? How many times are you going to get paid in a month? And then also, what's the cost of doing business? Are you going to um, actually spend money on some sort of um, social media, special things that you need, um, like templates or other tools. Right. And then just, you know, figuring out how much money do you need to actually pay that off for from income from your business. And when you start off, you're not going to be making a lot of income. It's okay. just, it's going to build over time. And so maybe you'll have a little bit of balance on your business credit card. And that's fine as long as you're able to pay the balances each month, hopefully. Um, and so I would say... Also, for people who are, you know, growing their business, having clear accounting software is really important. So QuickBooks is a really good one. Okay. FreshBooks is another great one. I have a business budget template that I created. It's mm -hmm. in a Google Sheet. I'll also give you the link for that one. Okay. Um, and then just, you know, educating yourself. If you feel like, hey, I just started, I am going to start working towards getting more income and you have a business account, it's time to get an accountant. Outsource okay. that to somebody so that you can clear up your mind and you know where your money's at because you don't want to be like me mm -hmm. last tax season trying to scramble with my coffee at midnight. <laughs> you know, you want to be prepared so that when it gets that time, you got things organized. Okay. Is there a reason why you chose to open your business bank account with a credit union as opposed to just a regular bank? Yeah, those are the fees. So right. every bank is going to have different fees associated with the mm -hmm. account. There's different requirements. And so with a credit union, personally, in my experience, 
the credit unions generally have lower fees. Yeah. It was a $15 membership for me to open an account, and mm -hmm. there's no additional fees. Do you have a preferred credit union? Well, the one I go to is Christian Financial Credit Union. Mm -hmm. I just, you know, it's real small. Okay. So, But, you know, there's a whole bunch of credit unions out there. You just yeah. got to call and ask and look at their website. Mm -hmm. And I have another website uh, post about this and what to look for and how to open a business account as well. Okay. What is the biggest money mistake you say that you have made ever? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so the biggest one was when I went to college, I took out a whole bunch of federal loans and thankfully it was enough to cover, but I actually had a surplus of $2,000 at the end of one semester. Okay. I remember feeling like the richest girl. Okay. So I went shopping. I blew it all in like two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll tell you, I'm, I'm not perfect with money. I, mm -hmm. I made mistakes and then I learned from it afterwards. I'm like, okay, so that had an interest rate on it. 6%. Okay. Now I'm actually spending hundreds if not thousands more right. on this two grand loan I could have just said hey I don't need it and mm -hmm. then given it back but no I was you know I was young and I didn't know what I was doing yeah <laughs> it's okay my dad never let me keep my refund checks I would get oh. one and he'd be like all right so I'll give it back because it's technically like my money <laughs> yeah and so but I'm looking back at it I guess I'm kind of thankful for that because I too would have been at the mall um, I have like no self-control when it comes to shopping um, and I blame my mom for that you know she raised me mm -hmm. <laughs> to be a shopper so I would have just been like buying new shoes or mm -hmm. like going out to eat and stuff like that so I'm kind of glad he didn't let me keep them. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think financial freedom is so important and what has becoming financially free done for you? Yeah so I think financial freedom is super important because it allows you to live what you want to and in, in, on the terms that you want. So actually last week I quit my job. Ah. How so did that feel? How do you feel? I feel, I feel great. Okay. It's, it's good. So here's the thing. If I was in a position where I was saying I need to have this money, otherwise I cannot make my bills. Right. I would not be quitting my job. Okay. And so Number one, it gives me the flexibility to say if at any time with my employer, you know what, maybe this isn't a good relationship. Let's kind of change things up. It's not to say I'll never go back to full-time employment. It just meant that, hey, at this moment in time, I want to pursue my passions and my dreams, which is pursuing my career as a financial coach and branding strategist and business mentor mm -hmm. right now. And then also traveling. Like, I love traveling. And so... Uh, we just celebrated our five-year anniversary, my husband and I. Thank you. And uh, we went to Athens and Thessalonica, and we just purchased the tickets, and it was it was great. And so, you know, later on this year, we're hoping to go to Machu Picchu and Lima. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, having money is not it's not a bad thing. Right. And so, we just need to get away from feeling like being financially independent is is uh, not impossible it's it is possible right. basically it's possible for you to have a lifestyle that you love and still you know make sure that you're leaving you know a legacy for your kids mm -hmm. or wherever you know if you want to start a business start a business yeah what are some things you think that people should just absolutely stop doing with their money Um, I think that is a good question. So I would say that before you check out anywhere, either online or in the store, take a second back and go, 
do I need this? Just really ask yourself that, mm-hmm. you know, because, and I'll tell you the biggest, my problem is that I get hangry. And, you know, if you're tired, you're hungry, mm-hmm. or you're emotional, those are the, the weakest times when we spend, you know. And okay. for me, like, I, I still, to this day, I will go and I have to take a step back and go, do I need this? Am I hungry? Am I angry? Am I tired? <laughs> and then if I say, you know what, yes, I am, then I'll go, hey, maybe I don't need this. I'll kind of walk around the store a little bit, and sometimes I'll walk out. Okay. And that's so hard. It's yeah. really hard. And then, you know, preparing for those times. Why am I hungry, angry, or tired? Did I get enough sleep? Did I feed myself? Did I give myself a snack instead of going out to eat? You mm-hmm. know, did I pack my lunch? Um, you know, how are my emotions doing? Should I go for a, a walk around the block or something to okay. help ease my mind? Maybe that will help me from stopping to feel like this thing is going to satisfy some sort of emotional need for me. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. I have to, I guess I'll start doing that. It's hard for me, I think, too, with the food thing because I work downtown. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as I walk out of my building, it's yep. just like there's 20 places for me to choose from. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that adds up. Like, you think, oh, I only spent $15. But if you spend $15 five times a week, like, Mm -hmm. that's ridiculous. So I've been trying to do better with, like, bringing my lunch. Mm -hmm. But it's difficult sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is, like, eating out's not bad. Mm -hmm. You can eat out. But, you know, if you're like, hey, I want to go save money to go on a flight to go somewhere awesome, maybe you can sacrifice eating out four days a week right? and then one day a week you go out mm-hmm. and then you say, I'm going to set aside this amount of money every single week from the days that I could have gone out to eat to go on my flight. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Do you have any advice on how to make investments or create multiple streams of income? Yes. Uh, so I would say, number one, for people, I mean, your audience, there are a lot of people who have their own businesses. Mm-hmm. So active income is great. So if you're starting a business, you know, I have one of my clients who's a makeup artist. She's great. And she just got a a gig for two grand working with a production company doing makeup. Um, Passive income is really great. So for investing, I'm not a financial advisor, but I will say investing is great. The the easiest way if you're a full-time employee is to invest in your 401k. Mm -hmm. And that's the easiest one. You're going to actually earn interest on that investment. Um, IRAs are great. You can open one at a brokerage, like I have one at Vanguard, or you can just, you know, ask your bank and ask, you know, what their fees are. But I would also say, you know, if you sell digital products, Mm -hmm. those are great too. I have a friend of mine, she sells digital products online and I do as well. So just having something where you know that, hey, if I, something happens at my job, that's not my only source of income. And you'll you'll feel better at night. Truly, you will. Do you feel like people should set up different savings accounts for different things? So like how you said you like to travel. Do you have a travel account? And do you have like a, okay, this is my entertainment account. So this is where I would go. Like if I want to go to a play or to a movie. And this is just my regular everyday checking. Mm, That's a good question. So this is a hot topic. And I think it depends on the person. But I'll tell you what I do for me. And then everyone can decide what's best for them. Right. So what I do is I have three accounts with just my regular checking. I have my two checking accounts. And then I have a savings account. So Mm -hmm. automatic deductions get deducted. And um, the checking account I have specifically for my everyday expenses. I have a an account called my next goal fund. And so 
every month we put money aside to pay off our mortgage or to invest in our investment accounts for our brokerage. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, for me, I'm not really about having, you know, 12 different accounts. Right. Some people, that's what works for them. But for me, I just want to keep it simple. Mm -hmm. I've got the goal account. I got my checking and I got my savings and I have my business accounts. Mm -hmm. So that's how it works for me. Um, I know I've talked with some other people. What works for them too is um, Capital is a really great app. It starts with a queue. Okay. And basically it links up to your account and what it does, it rounds up based off the rules you give it. Mm -hmm. You can actually save like 20 to $60 just by rounding up dollars on purchases you make. You'll be surprised. You could, you know, buy somebody's birthday present or go to a trip to Target or something, buy a new dress, Mm -hmm. something like that. And that's just like extra fun money that you really didn't miss at all. Yeah. I think I have heard of that app, but I do want to look more into it because that does, I mean, it makes sense. Like if you spend twelve fifty on something and mm-hmm. just round it up, that's mm-hmm. 50 cents that you say. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, like you can add or, you know, you can change it like, mm-hmm. and they have a good 52 week savings for a thousand dollars on okay. there on the app too. You can, it's, it's like 52 weeks. You like the first week you save a dollar, the second right. week you, you keep going mm-hmm. and it just builds off of it. So. Yeah. I like that. I'll have to check it out. Is there anything that you want people to know about how to build up their credit? Oh, gosh, that's a really good question. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say, first and foremost, making on-time payments. Mm -hmm. That's really important. That's 35% of your credit score. So your your credit score goes from anywhere from 300 to 850 here in the United States. It's different overseas and in Canada. But I would say making those on-time payments, that's the most important. When you can't make your payments, I would put together a budget. And, you know, if you need help with that, I have a Money Masters Challenge where I go into depth about budgeting. It's mm-hmm. a free email course. And then you would call the creditors and just explain what happened. Because, again, they want to work with you. Think of them as, you know, a business that is going to start a conversation with you about potentially paying back your debt. Mm-hmm. And and then figure something out. Maybe you can't make the minimum payment. Maybe they can reduce your interest rate or you know, reduce your minimum payment by giving you a longer term. Mm-hmm. So I would say those two things I think are the most important things. Okay. And then going back to talking to your creditors about your interest rates, does that work for a student loan or does that only work for like a credit card situation? Credit cards, yeah, typically. Okay. Now, as far as student loans and refinancing, um, one of the things that I recommend is like let's let's say that you have a hundred thousand dollar balance in your student loans. Mm-hmm. Some people have higher, some people have lower. Right. You want to actually look at it all on a piece of paper or on a sheet, and then you want to actually talk a little bit of, with your provider and say, "I'm struggling to make my payments." If you truly are, and then talk through the options. Most of the time, your student loan provider will have different kinds of payment plans. Mm-hmm. If for some reason you cannot qualify for those, I would look into refinancing potentially with another creditor. So SoFi is a great creditor. They don't pay and charge an origination fee. Mm-hmm. That's basically like a fee to underwrite the loan. Okay. And so instead of adding to your balance, what they're actually going to do is just chop down your interest rate and it'll help you save money over the long run. Now, the con to that is that you do need to have a decent credit score. Okay. But, you know, it, it could be a goal where, hey, I'm going to be on this payment plan with the student loan provider for X many years or X many months until I can improve my credit score. And then I'm going to do this refinance and then I'm going to pay it off through that loan mm-hmm. and then get a lower rate. So, okay. 
Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to go into some listener questions. Mm. Um, so the first one is from Chanel Adams from Instagram. Um, and you kind of talked about this already, but she her question was how to make a clean separation between business and personal finances. So I don't know if you had anything yeah. else to add about that. Yeah, just, you know, like I said, with, you know, opening up a business account is super important. A lot of people... They start and it gets mixed up in there. That's okay. Mm-hmm. It's all right. But just know that as your business grows, accounting is really important and taxes are really important and making sure that you set aside money for taxes. Another great, great, great book that I'm going to be reviewing shortly is called Profit First. Mm-hmm. And this book is, it just basically talks about business finances and how you can save money. I'm actually going to have an event in the beginning of August, specifically talking about the profit first method and how to help your business grow financially while maintaining all of the other things that you need to do. So Mm -hmm. cool. Well, please keep us updated on that event. Yeah. Um, The second one is from live, love, live, live from Instagram. And hers is a little specific. She Mm -hmm. wanted to know if you had any um, advice for someone that's looking to get into medical or midwifery startups and Mm -hmm. how to juggle your finances with that. Yeah. The medical field. Okay, so medical field, how to juggle your finances. So I actually have a friend, and she, I'm not, it's different. I know mid, midwives and doulas are, are, are very different, mm-hmm. but I do have somebody that I know that actually has a business focused around becoming a doula. Um, but I would say, you know, in general, with your finances, is really just get a clear picture of where you are and where you need to be. So mm-hmm. I actually am going to grad school full time as okay. well. And what I did was I looked at all the fees associated with my tuition, any costs for, you know, education or certifications. I looked around to see if there were potential scholarships mm-hmm. or any opportunities to qualify for lower tuition. So I'm going to school online in California, okay. and I qualified for in-state tuition because that's where I'm originally from. Got you. But I had to apply for it. And then I just interviewed somebody who she got a full-ride scholarship for her university because she was looking for scholarships, and okay. that is really great. So there's a lot of resources out there for you to look at. Mm-hmm. It's just about finding the time to prioritize looking for scholarships and yeah. other kinds of resources, and then... Again, making sure you're trying to get the best deal possible. It doesn't mean you have to look for the cheapest option, mm-hmm. but just look at the return on investment. Right. Does this, you know, $60,000 program, is that going to equate to, you know, $200,000 over the next few mm-hmm. years? Then, yeah, that's a good investment. Right. If it's like, hey, I'm going to spend 110000 on this teacher certification course and my job prospects are between thirty eight to 40000 Let's let's look at the finances. Not saying you can't do that if that's your passion. Just saying let's look at you know how how can we afford this? Mm-hmm. Are there any options to reduce your tuition? Can you apply for scholarships? Is there potentially other skills that you could use to translate into a different career? Mm-hmm. So. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's a good um, segue to this next question, which is from my sister-in-law, mm. um, <laughs> Daisy's on Instagram. She says, "How do you adjust when you're going into a new field and starting over on the pay scale?" That's a good question. Mm-hmm. Pay scale. Okay, so I'm assuming that they're referring to maybe a change in pay. Yes. Yeah, so I would say 
Yeah, it just comes down to trying to figure out where you want to go. I know Mm -hmm. I keep harping on that, but you really need to figure out where you want to go. And if you're starting fresh, like in a new career, and maybe you did take a a decrease in pay because, you know, something happened, you want to take care of family, this new job gives you more flexibility or whatever the case is. You want to look at your options for your employer. Mm -hmm. Looking at your benefit package is huge. So if it's a full-time job, let's say, you know, there is a benefits package, Mm -hmm. look at the 401k options, look at are there any sort of rewards that you can get? You know, I was working at a company downtown and Mm -hmm. they had reward points where if I did all these health and wellness screenings, I got gift cards. So I did that. I did a lot of those. Mm -hmm. And then, um, okay, so maybe... Maybe let's say they're not full-time and they're part-time and they just transitioned to this new situation. Then I would say, you know, looking at where are your expenses going? What's the what's the base level for where your expenses are? Like mm-hmm. your, your housing, your food, your clothing, and transportation. Once you determine that, everything else is kind of variable. Right. You know, your food and entertainment and stuff like that. Where can you maybe cut back to mm-hmm. kind of help you to move your life ahead essentially and then prioritizing saving Mm -hmm. so if you can put aside like let's say you know you can't put aside you know a hundred dollars a month that's okay can you put fifty dollars a month maybe like fifty dollars way too much Mm -hmm. okay well why don't you try the capital app and then set aside and round up a dollar maybe you'll save twenty five dollars a month right start with a little and then work your way up once you you find that you're saving money, it's kind of addicting. It's like a game. Like, mm-hmm. hey, this month I'm pushing myself to save a 50, now 100. And now, like, you know, where I was when my husband and I were both employed, we were saving like $3,000 a month mm-hmm. to put towards paying off our mortgage and to go and do other fun stuff. So can I say that I was in that situation like 10 years ago? No, not right. at all. I could not afford that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it just takes a little bit here and there and making those small steps and saying, hey, I did a good job. You don't have to compare yourself. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Like if you start with $5, good job. You right. start with $5. That $5 is going to grow and then it's going to turn to 10, 100, 1000, 10,000. Mm-hmm. And then you can say, "Hey, I remember when I had $5 in the bank." Right. I like that answer. Um and I guess still similar answer, but I'll still ask so people don't feel like I ignore them. <laughs> um, but my other page from Twitter, um, she says, how does she stop living check to check and living out her dreams? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So um, one of my clients actually is trying to purchase a house. And I think that that's great. And it is possible to buy a house, especially in Detroit. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of opportunities. But, you know. Markets change, prices can go up, there could be different bids, different offers. And so think about what is that cost of your dream? Because there is truly a cost to your dream. It is simply a dollar amount. It is not good or bad. It's mm-hmm. just a dollar amount. So what is your dream? You know, like podcasting, you know, I'm starting my podcasting. What's the cost of my ability to purchase my microphone? You know, how much is it going to cost if I need to outsource graphics? Mm-hmm. What is it going to cost if I want to hire a business mentor? You know, how much does that cost now? Okay, so let's look at where you are at now. Look at where you're at and go, okay, I got all of these expenses. Where can I cut back? And that's kind of what I talk about with my my clients is where's your dream money? Mm -hmm. Okay, because the more money that you put aside for your dreams, you can go ahead and chase them. 
it's when you don't actually take steps towards your dream that it's just a dream. Mm-hmm. Well, you got to make your dream a reality. Take every step that you can towards that goal, and you will get there. But you got to make those steps. All righty. Well, thanks, guys, for those questions. And I just have a few more before we are out of here for the day. Um, so this first one is I want you to fill in the blank. Ooh. So becoming financially stable has made me feel blank. Stress-free. Yeah, it truly has. Like, I remember in, I was just thinking back about this because this was my first podcast. Um, Like, I was recording for my podcast that's coming up Mm -hmm. and launching next week. So I was thinking about how I was back in college and totally broke and was living off of rice and beans. (laughs) And I just couldn't afford things. And I remember, like, constantly feeling at the back of my head, I'm stressed I don't have enough I'm feeling not enough and um you know like having some money in the bank it has allowed me to feel like hey I something happens god forbid like I'm okay right you know and I'm not saying that my identity is tied to money because that's Mm -hmm. not what I'm advocating for what I'm saying is I want to ensure that whatever happens to me my family is going to be okay and I also feel like if you know, I want to be generous with somebody and say, Mm -hmm. hey, thank you for being great, a great friend. I don't have to feel like, oh, no, I can't afford that birthday lunch that I wanted to go out and treat my friend. I can do that. It's Mm -hmm. okay. Um, Because I can afford and I can cover my own needs and I can cover other expenses too, like fun stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's my biggest thing too. I'm always thinking about like, if something happens, will I be able to take care of myself because I just don't ever want to be in a situation where I can't Mm -hmm. um I mean I'm grateful that I do have people in my life I can like call on but you know that shouldn't always be my first thought is to call somebody else to come help me you should be able to like Mm -hmm. you know like I said take care of yourself and just be in a good enough space so Mm, yeah yeah so what does it mean for you to be a damsel in Detroit Mm. (laughs) I think just being an independent thinker you know I just feel like being strong and independent is what I'm about. And then just being like intentional. That's what I love about the people here, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm not originally from Detroit. Right. And now I'm proud to like live in Detroit because I'm like, yeah, I live in Detroit. It's great. You know, mm-hmm. it's beautiful. It's, you know, people are so friendly. And then there's just this grit, you know, yeah. with people, they know what they want to do in life or they're figuring it out. And we're all on this journey together. Mm-hmm. So that's what it means for me. Independent thinking. I love it. And lastly, where can people connect with you on social and on the web? And when your podcast launches, where can we go to listen? Yeah. So um, my website is herdesignlife.com. My social for Instagram, which is where I spend most of my time, is Her Designed Life Coach. And uh, I'm also on Twitter at Her Designed Life. Uh, and then YouTube, you can just search me up, just Melody Johnson. It's uh, for my podcast, which launches next week, that will be available through all the places, Okay, you know, iTunes, Mm -hmm. you know, all the places. Can we talk (laughs) about the format of your podcast before we go? Just what it's going to, what we could expect, what it'll Mm -hmm. be like, how long the episodes will be. Yeah, those are all good questions. (laughs) So it's, uh, my podcast is called Earn, Save, Thrive. Mm -hmm. And it's a podcast that focuses on women, money, business, and branding. 
and it's going to be a couple of them will be me, but it is going to be interview based. Okay. So I'm going to be interviewing women who either have started a business, they're just transitioning. Mm-hmm. And then also, you know, interviewing some people who have been in the business and entrepreneur life for a little bit longer. And then I also interview other people who maybe have had some successes with their money, you know, mm-hmm. maybe who haven't started a business. And so that's kind of what the focus is on women, money, business, and branding. Mm -hmm. So it's probably going to be, I don't know, between 35 to 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. So might have a little bit of shorter times here and there. Right. So it's going to be a weekly basis. Every Friday I'm going to share it. Mm -hmm. And so you can just check out my Instagram feed. And, you know, my YouTube channel will also have the video version of it as well. Exciting. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming. I definitely learned a lot. I'm going to download the Capital app immediately. Get <laughs> <laughs> up. Um, but hopefully you guys took away some some of these little nuggets that Melody shared. And as always, I want you to remember that Detroit girls do it better. Okay? And we will be back next week. <laughs>